0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, May 23rd episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at poetsandmuses.com. Now, in addition to poetsandmuses.com and the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page, You can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. Since December of 2018, we have featured more than 115 poets from 12 countries on five continents. And we hope to continue to do that with your support. And you can do that by going to poetsandmuses.com forward slash donate and donate via either PayPal or your preferred credit cards. With us today is Yunus Almari, with whom I will be discussing his poem, X-Man, and my poem, Running Low. Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of May 24th. On Monday, May 24th, from 8 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Frizzy Productions will be hosting his Poets Playground We Play Clean open mic via Instagram Live at poets underscore playground underscore. Again, that's at poets underscore playground underscore. At 7 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, the Los Angeles Poet Society will be hosting a live interview with Marsha Peszky via Instagram Live at Los Angeles Poet Society. Again, that's at Los Angeles Poet Society. On Tuesday, May 25th, from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Urban Word NYC will be hosting their weekly First Draft open mic for those between the ages of 13 and 23. It's a virtual writing workshop and open mic series facilitated by Roya Marsh. You can find out more information and register at urbanwordnyc.org forward slash First Draft. Again, that's urbanwordnyc.org forward slash First Draft. From 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Sinister Wisdom will be hosting their launch event for Sinister Wisdom 121, Eruptions of Inanna. You can find out more information about the event at sinisterwisdom.org forward slash events. Again, that's at sinisterwisdom.org forward slash events. From 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Power of Jupiter and Bowery Poetry will be hosting their Resilience Poetry with Jern Ellis, Cameron Bruno, our past poet guests, Mira Dasgupta, and Taj Goberth. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 307 207 From 6 to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, the Virginia G. Piper Writing Center will be hosting its monthly Veterans Writing Circle with Marco Pina. You can find out more information at piper.asu.edu forward slash veterans. Again, that's at piper.asu.edu forward slash veterans. From 9 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Frizzy Productions will be hosting his Poets Playground We Play Dirty Open Mic via Instagram Live at poets underscore playground underscore. Again, that's at poets underscore playground underscore. On Wednesday, May 26th, from 6 p.m. Amsterdam Time, Word Up Amsterdam will be hosting their Inspiration Factory Writing Workshop by Janice. You can find out more information and sign up at wordupamsterdam.weebly.com forward slash workshops.html. Again, that's wordupamsterdam.weebly.com forward slash workshops.html. From 5.30 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Do More Baltimore, Urban Word NYC, and City Lit Project will be hosting the 2021 Baltimore Youth Poet Laureate Commencement, hosted by Lady Brian, featuring Delicia. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events slash 468 726 701 100 From 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Do More Baltimore will be hosting the World Tour Poetry Club. You can find out more information at domorebaltimore.org forward slash workshop events. Again, that's at domorebaltimore.org forward slash workshops events. Do is spelled D E W. From 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Beyond Baroque Literary Arts will be hosting their poetry workshop with Louis Resto. You can find out more information at beyondbaroque.org forward slash free underscore Again, that's beyondbaroque.org forward slash free underscoreworkshops.html. On Thursday, May 27th, from 8 p.m. British Time, Rung Your Tongue will be hosting their spoken word open mic night. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events slash From 9 p.m. Paris time, Paris Lit Up will be hosting their open mic. You can find out more information and join from parislitup.com forward slash open hyphen mic. Again, that's parislitup.com forward slash open hyphen mic. From 7 to 9 p.m. Central Daylight Time, True Art Speaks will be hosting their Reverb Open Mic, hosted by Lieutenant Sunni. You can find out more information at trueartspeaks.org forward slash events. Again, that's at trueartspeaks.org forward slash events. From 6 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, Center for Contemporary Arts Santa Fe, and the witter Biner Foundation for Poetry will be hosting their virtual live poetry series this time with Emma Gomez. You can find out more information at cca santafe.org. Again, that's at cca santafe.org. On Friday, May 28th, from 11 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. British time, poetry LGBT. Will be hosting their Speak Your Truth writing workshop. And you can find out more information by emailing the host, Andrina Leanne, at survivor.andrina.leanne on Instagram. Again, that's at survivor.andrina.leanne on Instagram. Andrina is spelled A N D R E E N A. Leanne is spelled L E E. A N N E, from 7 p.m. West Africa time, Graciano and Warum and Nepal Flower will be hosting the Corona vs. Open Mic via Instagram Live at Graciano and Warham. That's G R A C I A N O E N W E R E M. Again, that's at G R A C I A N O E N W E. R-E-M. From 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Mark Fishbein will be hosting his Planet Poetry 28. You can find out more information at poetwithguitar.com forward slash events. Again, that's poetwithguitar.com forward slash events. From 1.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Fincabulary will be hosting her Dilly Dally, Doddle and Delay Poetry Games with Domo Beth. You can find out more information at fincabulary.eventbrite.com. Again, that's at fincabulary.eventbrite.com. Fincabulary is spelled P-H-Y-N-N-E-C-A-B-U-L-A-R-Y. From 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Do More Baltimore will be hosting their salt-pepper catch-up past-the-hot-sauce poet interviews, this time featuring Ebony Payne. You can find out more information at domorebaltimore.org forward slash workshops events. Again, that's at domorebaltimore.org forward slash workshops events. From 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Defunct Magazine will be hosting their virtual reading and open mic with Chris Allen and Danny Putney. You can find out more information at defunctmag.com. Again, that's at defunctmag.com. Defunct is spelled D-E-F-U-N-K-T. From 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, Sacred Voices will be hosting their monthly open mic. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash Again, that's at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 062443. On Saturday, May 29th, from 12 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, The Poetry Passport will be hosting their Writers' Workshop with a the theme of trust. You can find out more information at The Poetry Passport on Instagram. Again, that's at The Poetry Passport on Instagram. From 8 to 9.30 p.m. Indian Standard Time, our past poet guest, Umesh Mohitkar, will be hosting his weekly Let's Unmesh Life open mic. You can find out more information at Umesh Mohitkar on Instagram. Again, that's at Umesh Mohitkar on Instagram. That's U-N-M-E-S-H-M-O-H-I-T-K-A-R. Again, that's U-N-M-E-S-H-M-O-H. I T K A R. From 6 30 to 9 30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, the Black Girl, Brown Girl Collective will be hosting their Her Voice Open Mic, a physical event that features among many performers and artists, our past poet guest Lydia Martinez. You can find out more information at bGbG Collective on Instagram. Again, that's at BG, BG Collective, on Instagram. And now, let us welcome our Poet Guest of the Week, Yunus Alomari. Hi, Yunus. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Of course. It is a really great split. Be part of it. Oh,
0: thank you. Appreciate that. You brought with you your poem, X-Man. Before we get into that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: My name is
1: Yunus Alomari. I'm 20 year old, broken, mechanical engineering student, and a poet, a public speaker.
0: Public speaker, too. Huh. Where do you do your public speaking?
1: The journey started five years ago, okay. when I got more interested in personal development mm. and, uh, learning and learning and sharing what I learned. Mm. So since then, I started preparing a presentation and kind of personal development tips mm-hmm. okay, with, first of all, my friends, then my classmates, mm-hmm. and then in the uni, uh, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to hear a lot of different speeches in front of different categories of like student, professor, in the library, in the college, apartments, etc.
0: Okay, cool, very nice. In terms of your poetry, when did you start writing poetry?
1: I started writing. Primary school, okay. I'd say. Uh, at first, I got I got first in Arabic poetry.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: remember uh, there was an event in our uh, school's radio you know, where uh, we shared our little tries of poetry in Arabic,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: were like mostly rhyming lines. I'd say, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was like our first, my first experience with writing poetry, and mm-hmm. uh, since then I've been passionate about Writing poetry in any language I guess. Okay,
0: cool. And when did you start writing in English?
1: About three years ago.
0: Okay. okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, as I said, I started writing in Arabic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, I started writing
2: mm-hmm.
1: in French. Uh, I, I went for a workshop in, uh, for, for
2: poetry so. mm-hmm. or
1: Personally, spoken word poetry workshop in French.
2: Mm.
1: At that moment, my English level was pretty weak. So Mm. only after I took classes of English language that I got more interested in the language. And of course, poetry is free of any language. So I was interested in how I can express myself poetically in this new language in my like vocabulary mm. and my, my learning process,
2: which
1: mm-hmm. was English at that mm. So yeah, that's my first poem, I think, uh, it was uh, after another workshop that was provided by the American Language Center, Remember mm. paper I wrote, it was a note to my grandfather who just died that year.
0: Mm. Okay. And in terms of your first poem when you were in primary school, the Arabic poem, do you remember what it was about?
1: I don't remember like the words of the poem exactly or anything, but I'm sure that it was a happy poem.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was celebrating the poetry as it exists in our songs, our culture, our old proverbs, and so on. Mm-hmm. I think that was the theme. By, by our teacher at that point,
0: Oh, okay, so you wrote it to a prompt then? Yes. Okay, it was part of class, is that right? Yes. Okay. Did you have a choice to write between prose and poetry and then choose poetry, or was it supposed to be poetry?
1: No, it was supposed to be poetry, because as I said, it was for the poetry or something like that. I don't really remember, but like, it was an event in, in the school radio that like that was focused on both. Okay.
2: So
1: I remember we participated uh, with our Arabic poems and then like other participated their French poems
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the high school students provided their English poems.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you learn Arabic and French concurrently, or uh, did Arabic come first before French?
1: In our school system, Mm -hmm. we normally learn them, like, at the same time, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, our day was pretty much, like, split into uh, Mm -hmm. morning, our Arabic classes, afternoon, French classes.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But as, like, the the language that is mostly spoken in Morocco was Arabic. Mm -hmm. So, I found Arabic a little bit more easier than French at that moment.
2: Mm.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've heard uh, at least not many of your French poems. I've heard some Arabic ones.
1: Unfortunately, I lost most of them.
0: <laughs> no.
2: Uh, what happened?
1: Yes. I remember I used to write all of them in my own notes, and that phone got broken, so I lost all of them. <laughs> Wait, you wrote some
2: where? Some of them are
1: still in my phone notes.
2: Oh, uh, okay. wasn't
1: really a bit of, of notebooks. An right.
2: So,
1: and I still, I still always <laughs> <miss> my notes. <own. laughs> but I'm just trying to pay, like, more attention to it and save them in the clouds and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, uh... Be more careful. Yeah, and it's, like, such a tragedy.
1: It yeah. is indeed a tragedy, because, uh, I I remember some of them were, were beautiful, but... I think it's fine.
0: Well, I guess you're going to have to write new ones.
2: Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: So, now do you write in all three languages? Or are you focusing on any particular yeah. language?
1: Yes, but I mostly write in English. Yeah. Since I think it's, it's, it's a matter of what we receive and produce.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, recently I've been reading more English poems. Mm-hmm. So it seems automatic and uh, natural that I'll be producing more English poems. Right. Well, right. uh, also in 2020, I wrote two French poems,
2: mm-hmm.
1: three Arabic poems. and I can't count the English poems. So that's <laughs> like that's how frequent I'm writing. Right. Right.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of being prolific in writing English poems, now would be probably a good time for you to. Read your poem, X-Man for us.
3: Okay. X-Man. Press X to say yes, press O to say no. I kept pressing the X day after day. Now, it's barely visible on the remote. It only works sometimes. So I'm left with an O and a broken X. Eventually, I'd be refusing more than agreeing. And now they think I've changed. They think I'm disrespectful They think I'm selfish And I wish I could say I don't care About what they think But I do And I wish I can still use the X Cause I wanna say yes sometimes But it's broken now And I'm broken too And now I gotta get used to pressing the O Apparently It's hard for all of us Since by reflex my fingers still always go for the X remember it's broken and go for the O with that I'm discovering new stuff like free time for myself from the times I say no to those things I never liked and still press the X for nothing but preventing their thoughts cause I still care about what they think I still gotta get used to this, or maybe finish reading the instructions, as I still don't know the other options, I've never tried the triangle nor the square, or just find a way to fix the x. Till then, I guess, I'll keep pressing the O, and maybe I'll get used to that, and their thoughts. And I hope they'll get used to me, because unfortunately, I still care about what they think.
0: Thank you. I think you will understand that when people are reading this poem, as soon as they see the title, they're kind of expecting something about either the movie or the comic books. So I was wondering how come you decided to use this title?
1: Well, I am also a big fan of both the movie and the comic books. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, we can tell by, by, by the board that what I'm trying to discuss is how someone is changing from being yes man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So since I am referring to yes by x, I just turned yes man to x man. Mm-hmm. So the, ty- the title can be both in both uh, those forms. Like, even... You are reading the, the title, uh, it will tell you that we're talking about a poem, that one is going to be referring to a comic book or, or something similar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what I'm referring to is more of yes man, mm-hmm. and to not use the comic book part, uh, we can say that I'm referring to the mutation yes man to a new man, like someone who who is not able to say yes anymore, or somehow, or someone who is trying to to defy his own self and start saying no sometimes, and and try that for for his own benefit. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I like how you're... Um, still tying it into the idea of the comic books and and the movies as well with the idea of mutation of change. Mm-hmm. In terms of the content of the poem itself, when did you write this, first of all?
1: I wrote this in July. Twenty
0: third of July. Okay. Wow. So very recent then. Okay. And what happened during July or maybe before that inspire you to write this particular poem? Well, what's
1: happened is I have read a poem that I discussed in the same topic. Also, I have been experiencing this. I've been going through, through this kind of experience. Sometimes, as much as I'm saying yes to some requests or some demand, people start to take me for granted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I had to, to start saying no on my own Comfort and my own uh, mental health. I would say, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and when I started seeing that, I could clearly see there is a, a little slight change of, of reaction
2: mm-hmm. from those people. Mm-hmm.
1: around me they were expecting it. You can say that that's pretty much the idea.
0: Mm. I missed the very beginning of what you were saying.
1: I've been to another and away from. Another form discussing the same, slightly the same topic. Mm-hmm. I have been experiencing this phase of mutation, but it's it's mutation uh, that just didn't start like in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Something that I'm trying on and I'm still trying more on. Mm-hmm. Is refusing things when I'm not feeling comfortable with
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the form. And with you, like the experience. as is, I was saying yes all the time to every request that comes to me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but then I started taking it for granted.
2: Mm-hmm. So I had to start to say no for my own mental health and for my own uh,
1: self respect and for my own uh, time mm-hmm. management, I would say.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, if someone takes something for granted, and it's suddenly then it is eventual. It is natural that I would be seeing different like reactions to my no or to my yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We can say that's that's experience in itself.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So from, from what I gather, from what you said, is that you wrote this poem not only to the own changes that you were going through your life, but also because you were kind of inspired by the words of another poet who wrote about a similar topic. Yes. And even though it's it's been, what, like five months, a little bit over five months since you mm-hmm. kind of make this like a poetic declaration. I wonder, since you said it started some time ago, how you feel about this change you've been making in your life?
1: It's uh, it's a change that I think everyone should be making in their life. Like, when we keep saying yes to, to every request and every demand, even if we don't feel comfortable with it, it starts in, you know, like, simple form and Or just being nice to our people, family, and friends, uh, being helpful. But then, at the moment, we can say that the capacity started shrinking
2: Mm -hmm.
1: of like accepting every request, and and you start getting tired of being there for people all the time, and you start thinking of are they going to be for me all the time? And you eventually go through some moments that your people aren't available when you need them, or, or thinking how the process goes. And of course, when you're doing something for, for any one of your T ones, you most probably are not waiting for something in return.
2: Mm.
1: But at the same time, you will expect some kind of support when you need it.
2: Mm. So
1: that was the experience, I would say. And I think I started developing this, I would say, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I decided to develop my self esteem out there, mm-hmm.
2: uh, uh,
1: respecting my time, respecting my priorities more,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that is indeed is a, a life changer.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if we really think about it, it is important to put our priorities first and put ourselves first. This way, we can always have that capacity there for the others mm. otherwise we won't be even doing enough for ourselves and, and giving ourselves enough uh, i would say attention and and help and, and care and that would leave us i would say even empty or energyless or i'll say it feels like more missing something like mm. But it is important. It is important to practice this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the practice is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, since you've been doing this for about three years now, has it become easier to to sort of establish and, and reinforce these boundaries to make sure that you are taking care of yourself?
2: Yes, definitely. Mm. I think
1: it is easier. But well, I'm still at, at some say that there are moments that I still can't say no though I really feel like I need to mm. and I think it's it's fine, considering like the the percentage of of like the amounts I used to say no to back we talked about three years ago mm. and, and now it is change I can see the, the effect on, on my daily life
0: mm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you're both talking about right now, we're talking about this, uh, putting up better personal boundaries and taking care of ourselves. And also this, uh, the poem's progression where you're sort of, it's almost like back to three years ago when you were analyzing this. But obviously, there there there's some observations about the effects of starting to say no to people, even though they're always expecting you to say yes. at the end of the poem you 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 left it at till then i guess i'll keep pressing the o and maybe i'll get used to that and their thoughts and i hope they'll get used to me because unfortunately i still care about what they think now about five months on from writing this poem and also three years on from you initiating this change do you feel aside from being able to establish your boundaries better, you are finding different friends who are more accepting of your boundaries.
1: That's true. That's that's another point uh, and a good point that you mentioned there. As you go through the journey, you will eventually lose interest of a lot of your, of the people you used to call friends once you start saying no. Find that as, as, I don't know, I would say a trail of that kind (laughs) of friendship. But then you start meeting more people because this is the natural life cycle and the natural way life goes. So you start meeting new people, and these people, as soon as they meet you, they'll find you already at that process between like started saying no, and you say yes sometimes, and you say no sometimes, so they've seen like they've, when they meet you, you already have the boundaries, mm-hmm.
2: it's
1: not like old friends where you put their boundaries and they start seeing it as a limit between you and, and them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a uh, are for the friend. So for the new people, they see that you have your boundaries, and eventually they start respect that. Mm. And I think we're a lucky generation, I would say, mm. as there is more awareness about mental health, about boundaries, about accepting people, about, you know, mm. all these kind of things that were, were mostly missing. And no one taught us, I would say, when we were children. Mm. And we rather learned it by ourselves or through the internet. Mm. And I think that's that's a good thing. A great turn that this
2: generation
0: will be thankful. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, as well. I think it's important to have a good understanding of ourselves in order to also have a better understanding of other people, as well. True. Sure. I want to touch on the stanza before that, where... You explore a little bit, and you talked about this a little bit. The stanza where you say, I still got to get used to this or maybe finish reading the instructions as I still don't know the other options. I've never tried the triangle nor the square or just find a way to fix the X, X being yes. So you kind of touched on it a little bit previously when you're talking about it, but can you talk a little bit more about that in terms of what you wrote?
1: Okay, so if we're talking about no and yes, there are a definite answer that has like a strict, I'll say, and precise
2: space. Mm-hmm. If I say yes, then, then I'm affirming, and then if I
1: say no, then I'm rejecting, etc. Mm-hmm. And what I refer to by like the rest of the instructions is that if we if some variety other options between yes and no. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can start learning in, in, in the process. For example, three years ago, I wasn't even able to say I would do it, but not now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think you can, you can see what I'm going with this.
2: Like right. the options were either yes or no, but through this journey
1: and through this self we can tell that I learned a new vocabulary mm. to answer, to request. And to be more, you know, uh, gentle in terms of reacting to the other person and so I'm keeping my boundaries. Right. I wouldn't give up something that is important for me and that is included in my priority for mm-hmm. the moment to just do an answer to someone's request.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it is still, you know, as I said, a working process.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or just find a way to fix the X. That doesn't only talk about the other options, mm-hmm. also talk about like, how I can arrange myself to, to have the capacity to say yes mm-hmm. more times, and, and arrange myself to be available for other requests. Right.
2: Because right.
1: when we say yes, sometimes it's not only tiring, sometimes you can say yes to helping, and, and I believe helping has not only uh, a positive effect on like the person requested, but also what the person uh, provided the time before hmm get help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
2: that's,
1: that I think, what was I'm referring to in that.
0: Right, right. I find it in, this interesting, the imagery that you evoke, right, these uh, instructions. Because, you know, since we're talking about basically learning how to manage life and how to manage interactions with other people in your own life, you know, there are no instructions. <laughs> and so...
1: I would say it's more of a recent book that you get to read more of it as, as we grow and we, we learn and, and, and develop or more, like, more, uh, both mentally and physically during, like, yeah, as well as going from childhood to teenager to adult, etc. So I think the instructions are available like in life. At the end, we're talking about I started to set boundaries.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: pressing boundaries isn't something that I just wrote by myself for myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can also relate to that. So I think these instructions aren't just personal but are more human. And we just get to learn
0: and, and know how to, model
1: to have a human experience. Mm. through
0: life. Yeah. I agree to the extent that this is something that many different people have and have gone through and we're kind of learning by experience what it means to set boundaries and how beneficial it can be if it's done correctly, or if it's done with care, right? At the same time, I feel like it is not as straightforward as an instruction manual, in that no one, of course, you know, not, not many people, or very few people, let's say, specifically tell you, well, you should try this, well, when that happens. So it's a lot of trial and error, whereas instruction, at least to me, is something that this is of the only way or at least one of the best ways available it's you know you you can read it it's right here it's all in one place whereas what we go through in terms of setting up boundaries is something that we not only have to try to understand what to do but we also need to go out and gather the information so it's almost like we're writing an instruction book for ourselves
1: i can't disagree as I said, like, these instructions aren't that much different mm. between a human and another. Instruction is more about um, living more experiences and discovering more. And when you discover, you can write them and read them for yourself. You can combine both ideas.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And also the idea that. And the reason why I said we're writing our own instructions is because we also have to adapt a general rule for all human beings, let's say, you know, making sure that we are taking care of ourselves uh, as well as being helpful. Somewhere between the line between individuality and collectivism. We also have to find out how we individually tend to manage our interactions with other people. Like for instance, for somebody who has a very hard time being direct with other people, then what will work well for somebody who's much more direct will not work well for that person who is a lot more indirect in their actions and in their communication styles. Sure. You pointed out that this is something that's very human, and, and that's obviously something that I picked up on in my poem as well, which is why I sent you my particular poem which is called Running Low. So I'm gonna read that and we can talk about it. (laughs) Running Low. I have no love for you. I'm running low in store. When it was plentiful, they came, took, and robbed. Never replenishing, never restocked. Now it's running low. Now I need you to invest your love before I can give you mine. I need new seeds to grow with. To cultivate a new harvest so the poem you wrote is interesting as
2: it's kind of discusses the same concept out there mm-hmm.
1: you can say you are describing what running low is like what comes after running low the mutation that's come up running low mm-hmm. and how experiencing that let you be learning how to set boundaries
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm interested especially that line when you, you say now I need you to invest your love before I can give you money Can you develop more what you meant by that but I think that's, that's something that is quite different between our
0: ones yeah yeah I think besides the imagery one of the differences is the like which route we're taking in terms of dealing with the idea of running low on energy, on the sense of oneself, you know, like psychological health. I, I think f- for me, I wrote that I need you to invest your love is because I've found that in my own behavior, I've always been the one to sort of give away love or, or give away loving actions or performing loving actions, whether or not the person who's receiving it is worth my continual performance of, of loving actions toward them. So now I'm saying I need to have people in my life who can show me that they love and appreciate me too. And I need to see that before... I, well, in this, in this poem, it has a sequence, but I think in real life is much less defined in terms of sequencing. Because as you said previously, we don't perform honorable acts we don't help others with any returns in mind at the same time it would be nice if we were living in a relationship or a system of relationships where we are taking care of one another rather than just this one-way direction of of helping others sure
1: i like the imagery thank you how it turns from strong, like emotional the first part we are talking about not only given without taking, but it's also a little bit more aggressive. You mm-hmm.
2: say
1: they, they came, took, and robbed, never replenishing, while the last part of the poem you see a lighter image and more, which is cultivate and harvest. Is more related to nature. That is indeed interesting. Mm. You develop more in the, how the, the strength of the emotions from that you, as, as, as a reader or as a listener, I, I receive from like the first part and the last part is way different. It is interesting in the way you, you, you play with the imagery. Mm. Thank
0: you. I thought it was interesting when you were talking about um, the idea of natural right? Because I think, I I think robbery is something that's natural as well. It's, it's not a good natural, but it's sort of like, when you have when you have a storm that come and destroy, you know, your entire harvest, uh, it's something that is natural, but it's not a good outcome. Having said that, I also want to, to answer your question as well, is that As I said previously, I came to the realization, similar to you, that for a large part of my life, I was dealing with people who did not appreciate that I was giving them my energy, giving them my time, giving them my care and love, and just thought that, you know, these are the things that they were entitled to. And sometimes even if I didn't want to give something, they still coaxed it out of me or they even took things... From me that do not belong to them, so this imagery of as if I was a a grain store, a grain silo, I can't keep distributing things that I no longer have because it's it's been taken, and when you have that experience, you feel incredibly insecure and you feel like you don't have any more things to give, and you don't even feel like you should be open to the idea of giving because you don't know who else is going to come and try to rob you. So you kind of close yourself off to that. And in that process, I think I've, I have realized that I want to, in the future, to interact with people or to transition to interact with people who are much more aligned with my idea of give and take and that they're not just taking all the time and that they're willing to help me bring about new harvests in order to restore my ability to um, sort of love trust again and and be able to trust enough to open up again and give myself or my love and my help to people.
1: Interesting. I think it is are a lot of ideas are happening but since also writing is, is more uh, concise and have a lot of meaning between the life mm. Like my, my poem has a lot of uh, explicit meaning. I think uh, I can see also in your poem the idea of the broken X, that at some moment you've been saying X too many times, you've been saying yes too many times. And then at the moment, you just can't say it anymore, as you don't have the strategy, and it's as if it's broken. And as you said, you start feeling insecure about your relationship with friends. And it's mm. Definitely not a romantic relationships because you feel way out of society and you feel that it's it's really hard to trust people with, with your time and your care and your love. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's I can say by, by your phone that you've also been through this experience. So you can relate to the idea that at some moment you just realize that you need more time for yourself and you can't keep, you can't keep saying yeah, forever. Can you talk to me more about when this change started for you and how this? experience of running you know your, your
2: decisions and your relationships
0: gosh I don't know if I have a very specific timeline I, I mean I think 2017 was one point where I had a very jolting experiences where it was very shocking to me and what took place was sort of like a robbery but I, I feel like it predates that and it it's something that I've dealt with for most of my life I would say so it set me up in some way to be to be accustomed to people coming and taking rather than you know working together on something and I feel like I'm very accustomed uh, negatively speaking very accustomed to trying my best trying to compromise trying to give my all while the other people even if they want the same results as i do they want they're working against me in some uh, cross purposes in some ways it's uh, it's almost like there are self-sabotaging through sabotaging our relationship that's something that i've had really way too much experience of and i
1: understand because uh, sometimes it feels like we're not only setting boundaries, but we're also trying to develop our capacity to be able to, to give more, which is hard when when you go through that kind of experience. But we still manage to do that, just being pushed by how much fear. For example, I personally developed from like people's reaction to, to my you no know, or. What would they think if like they know to the extent? Sometimes, like, I would, would really want to, to help, but just can't. So, you feel like you're failing them, but at the same time, if you don't, you will be failing yourself. And it it's just like a cycle of thoughts that affects only your life, most probably.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there is also an aspect, especially. I guess depending on the culture, but I feel like women are especially taught that we are supposed to be the ones who are performing these caretaking activities. And if we don't do that, we are somehow failing as people and that people will not like us. If we don't say yes to people's requests, if we are not doing things to make people comfortable in some way, it's almost like we are hostesses for life's little party, you know. <laughs> We're supposed to make sure everything runs smoothly. And to me, it's it's very frustrating. So it's something that's very ingrained and it's not necessarily, it doesn't work necessarily well with our individual personalities as just person, people. True. I'd say it is true that
1: sometimes that there is more pressure on like one of the debtors, like, men or women and it, it differs from like an activity to another like mm-hmm. you said like women are expected to be providing more care and by the norms that like, society is and those patients can uh, can literally be uh, tiring and frustrating i'd say
0: yeah yeah because that that becomes the expectation that becomes the status quo expectation because it's like oh you're a woman therefore you must make me feel this and that way i'm like no <laughs> you know <laughs> not here to do that for you it's very frustrating because i think the expectation is very different as you said depending also on the sphere sphere of life uh, that we're in because i feel like for men there is that expectation of caretaking in the more material sense and i don't i don't feel like that's necessarily fair either because you know we we live our individual lives and Certain things come naturally, more naturally, to our personalities rather than our gender.
1: That's also true, especially if we're talking about how our current society is developing, how there are more opportunities for, for both men and women in different fields and different domains, and for getting into a lot of Space and larger options, So yeah, I think that that makes something.
0: Did you say larger space?
1: Yeah, and I meant by the more options. Hmm. So it it, it does sound and feel unfair to limit someone by some expectations that naturally stop working or efficient on like the current society how it's and fastly moving mm-hmm. i couldn't i
0: couldn't hear the last thing you said
1: i said as these expectations should uh, stop the power but we, we both know that like they won't really stop they will just like slightly change as everything is changing and uh, they become more of limitations. To uh, our current present, of us. we have more options and we have more ways to, to go. Through.
0: Yeah, and I think expectations is something that needs to be changed and needs to be fought against, especially when you are at the arrow's target of those expectations right because they set norms in society and so to me it's very frustrating when people are expecting i mean me gender being very uh, very important issue because i am the target of those expectations that i do not feel like i should be meeting because you know because of my gender identities Yet people do have that. They don't necessarily question that they have that. I think, you know, expectations is something that a lot of people have grown accustomed to without having a real understanding of where they come from. So I definitely feel that having those expectations with regards to gender norms also makes it very difficult for people to be sympathetic toward one another when we don't live up or according to them we don't live up to their expectations whereas i'm like there's no manual <laughs> you know coming back to it because you know uh or or rather i don't live according to your manual <laughs> so and yes yeah. I think people are very limited by their expectation, by their imagination, and there are very few people who are actually quite they don't manage to imagine outside of what they've experienced in life and that to me is very sad. And then they use those expectations, they use those very limited limiting aspect of their lives to try to change your own Person to try to take from you what you want, uh, to take from you what you don't necessarily want to give, what you shouldn't have to give.
1: I would say, from my experience, expectations affect me more in terms of me being the elder son. Mm -hmm. Also, expectations affect me more, parents' expectations from their son. Mm -hmm. This is So, uh, something that affects my life experience, Mm. Uh, speaking of academically, creatively, even (laughs) other decisions. Right. But I I somehow managed to deal with it kind of fine. I think I am fortunate that after discussions and trying to, to, to have more communication, to make that, that generation gap a little bit tinier and a little bit smaller. Mm. And it's making the expectations feel lighter.
2: Mm.
1: And they also came to understand some of my decisions and some of my choices.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So this way we're we're trying to work more on the common points mm-hmm. rather than working wanted me to do, mm-hmm. and what they wished I would have been, or I would be. Mm. So, yeah, speaking of communication, I think communication is all about the scale, but the scale sometimes can be different, because you talked about how society affects you as a woman, and communication can have positive effect, but it's a bit harder to work on that scale.
0: Right, right, exactly. And I think because when when you're dealing with societal expectations, which I think an older son uh, or the eldest son in a family deal with as well, especially in more collectivist cultures and more family-oriented cultures as well, it's a lot of pressure. And the conversation has to be like a multi-level conversation, right? Because you don't necessarily know who to address in order to change things, especially with regards to societal expectations. True.
1: Sure. And I think what affects an elder son is not only parents' expectations, mm-hmm. it's also society's expectations. Mm-hmm. As our parents sometimes, it's not only with their elder son, but also with all of their children. They try to need to their son Fits in society's expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. While trying to make their son's experience kind of easier to deal with than the current society. And so, but at the same time, this makes it hard. Sometimes uh, it, it is hard to, to, to deal with. And the expectations are, as you said, always heavy and not always manageable.
0: Right. Yeah. I feel like for the first sons, it's more about responsibility that you are carrying almost like the entire family's hope kind of thing. But I'm really glad to hear that you have been able to communicate with your parents and also they are receptive, which is wonderful because unfortunately, it's not always easy (laughs) to speak about it. Firstly, it's not easy, but then to also be able to find someone who's willing to listen and be receptive to change and be receptive to respecting you as the individual person that you are is also not uh, always easy to find. Yes. Well, I mean,
1: the communication has been achieved and the understanding is somehow achieved, but of course process wasn't easy right right you just have to, to, to take the talent and uh, go through it and try it right i think otherwise you won't really know the answer you don't ask and you don't discuss
0: right right and i think for like the societal aspects of it especially as i w- was talking about the expectation toward women is uh even though there are plenty of women who have asked who throughout history who've basically said well just because we're women doesn't mean we will be happy to take on these roles these are not suited to us as individual people individual persons i think the there hasn't always been in fact more often than not there have been very bad reception to what when we were saying that and The expectations, yes, they have changed and changed a lot, but there are still certain unspoken expectations that are very difficult to change. That, as I said, people are not necessarily willing to look at the, shall we say, prejudices that actually lead to their expectations because they don't want to admit that they're prejudiced over you know, gender differences. So then we can't even get to the point where we're having a conversation. We can't even get to the point where we are agreeing to the fact that there's a problem, A, and that B, that it needs to be addressed, and then C, come to a solution, some kind of mutually agreed-upon solution, and then get to the part where you're actually implementing the solution, which is... The part where you are at between you and your parents, which is wonderful, because I think I think it will be lovely if we can get to that and get to the awkwardness of trying to develop a new habit, a new ecosystem, uh, you know. True. So,
1: but as you said, we can get the
2: hope. <laughs> to
1: yeah. Keep it is indeed unfortunate to see this kind of. kind
2: right and
1: uh, making their life hard to, to live and uh, it is already not easy to, to go through life as it is right so with with all those challenges and all those expectations that come it's very very hard to I would say not only pull but but hold it is
2: challenging yeah yeah
0: exactly and you know yeah we we do have to keep keep working on it because yes. you know <laughs> otherwise we would just live a very disappointing life and it causes a lot of psychological and physical stress and it's not because it ha- affects half of the human population um in this respect uh, obviously it's not good for the entire human population as a whole because definitely yeah we don't live in isolation I really enjoy our conversation and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And I was wondering before I let you go if you have any favorite virtual poetry events you like to share with the listeners and also how people can follow you online.
1: Well, you can follow me online from my Instagram mostly. That's where I'm active the most.
0: She's
1: mm-hmm. uh, at Krakowflo, which is my stage name as a spoken word poet and performer.
0: Great. Can you spell that for us, please?
1: O-T-A-K-U-F-L-O-W
2: Thank you.
1: Otakoflow. Cool. That's for Instagram. For Twitter, it's flow one Okay. And I think that's, that's pretty much it. That's what I'm active the most. You can meet me performing in different open mics. I like to to perform in True Art Speaks Reverb Open Mic, Mm -hmm. which is a weekly open mic that happens every Thursday at 7 pm CST. Mm -hmm. I also enjoy performing at UH Cook Slams Open Mic Mm -hmm. and
2: participating.
0: That's I think Moroccan time, right?
1: That's Moroccan time, yes.
0: So thank you again for taking it the time was, to speak with me. It was
1: a great pleasure, and it was a great discussion.
0: Yeah. We
1: really uh, went through a lot of topics, a lot of subjects, that all of them were interesting, I would say.
0: Thank you. As always, you can find us at poetsandmuses.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at poetsandmuses.com. Now, in addition to poetsandmuses.com and the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a safe and healthy week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.